This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. We are live. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. I am your host, Blake Rafino. This is Are You Serious Sports? We hope that you guys are making it a good one. We know that we are as well. We are having a little bit of technical difficulties due to the fact that it is raining very hard outside. Uh, so bear with us. <clears throat> I know that you guys can't see it on your end, uh, but definitely can can see it and feel it on my end. So we're trying to fix that right now. But we are live. We are live. Here at the Drake Williams Law Firm, live on location, it's going to be a good night. It's going to be a very, very, very good night. The Rudy crew is in the building. Jacob Cole, we are going to change the way, though. If you guys listen on the podcast, he has hashtag the Rudy crew, crew being C-R-E-W. We are going to change that to K-R-E-W-E. Some big news dropping either tonight uh, or tomorrow morning uh, on some Rudy Crew. All the AYS fans, you're going to have your own Twitter uh, page. Um, probably shouldn't have said that, but, <laughs> well, now the cat's out of the bag. Uh, but just be on the lookout. We're going to be doing some good things with the Rudy Crew. And I think that we're gonna, we'll are gonna do some giveaways from people that go and follow us on Twitter at the Rudy Crew. So just be on the lookout. Uh, for that but a big show in store for you tonight everybody before we get started do us a favor by hitting the like and share share to some facebook groups please everybody do us a favor by hitting the like and share if you're on youtube hit the like button like 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 if you're on facebook share 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 to some facebook groups uh, as well if you're on twitter periscope do us a favor uh, by hitting that retweet and if you're listening to the podcast don't forget to subscribe to us there but we do have the big show we are going to talk about a lot of Auburn the keys for me on how LSU will wind up beating Auburn or how they can and should play Auburn this week I think there's some glaring holes in Auburn's defense and some glaring holes on Auburn's offense which we don't completely know if those are going to be the weaknesses if TJ Finley starts this week however We'll talk more about their defense, and we will talk some of their offense. Uh, like we do on every Tuesday and Thursday, Do us or you can put your questions inside the Rudy Crew. That is the chat, the Rudy Crew. Put them inside the chat, hashtag AskBlake. You got a question, fire away. I know that there's some, some John Emery uh, discussions. Look, I can only tell you what LSU and his attorney is telling everybody. They thought that they were going to have a decision Monday. They still do not have one. And this is the time where I think that the NCAA needs – or college football needs a, 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 a commissioner, so to speak. Like, I, 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 I fully believe that. And let everybody hate Roger Goodell, but they need to separate into sections on how to investigate things. You make billions of dollars a year, and you it takes you this long to make stupid-ass decisions from a kid who's an honor student 
and you want to blame so many other things on COVID, but then this kid, you know, goes through some things during COVID and you punish him. Um, but if you have the questions, fired away in there as well. Uh, is the offensive issue starting to get fixed? I heard some things about out of practice today um, that I really like. Uh, we'll touch on that. Um, and then Saturday will tell us all. I, I will – We, you know, I kind of made an executive decision today that I think that we're going to talk more and more and more about the SEC. Um, guys, we're going to start branching this thing out more into the southeast, into college football-centric. Uh, it was something that we planned on before Hurricane Ida going into week one. Uh, everybody knows what happened. We're still out without internet. Spec, You know, there's things that I trust more than Spectrum Charter right now, like Flint, Michigan, tap water, um, a drink from Bill Cosby at a bar, um, the serpent in the Garden of Eden. Um, th- there's just so many things that I trust more than uh, Spectrum Charter right now. Uh, but that's for a different topic for a different day. So we will get we will get started. We as we always do. We will get to a couple of comments before we get started. Andrew Brister says, "My favorite talking head of the day." Thank you. Hopefully, I uh, keep it real, one hundred with you guys, as the kids say, one hundred. Uh, Stephen Frey says the Rudy Crew is in the building. Yeah, we are going to change that the way that spells though. Uh, Stephen Miller says, "And the beat drops." Yep, uh, guys. Again, we are on episode 327, and every time the beat drops at 7 o'clock, I legitimately get chills. You know, there's times where I've thought about changing it, but I'm like, man, how can I change that? That's like a staple. Uh, and Kevin Bear says, welcome. So fire your questions inside of the Rudy Crew chat. We need to get that sponsored. You know what, Steven? I'm going to call you boy tomorrow. We're doing it now that we're kind of back to somewhat of normalcy. Uh, we need a sponsor for the AYS chat. We're going to do that. We're going to do that. So let's pay some bills around this thing. Um, we are, like I mentioned, we are live on location at the Drake Williams Law Firm. I uh, greatly appreciate them as always. And our good friends right there in Denham Springs serving so many AYS listeners. I uh, had Chuck. I didn't even know who Chuck was. Never heard from Chuck. Uh, but a guy named Chuck DM'd me today on Facebook saying that he went over to GM Varno and Sons uh, and got his vehicle serviced, and he was in and out. He had been seeing it, you know, hearing the ads all the time on the podcast, and then, you know, was just going to stop by and get his vehicle serviced. So came from, uh, I think he said Sherwood, went all the way over to uh, uh, GM right there in Denham, and he said it was first-class service. So we're going to give a, a big shout-out to our good friends over at GM Varno and Sons and betonline.ag. Guys, with 63 years of experience, nobody is better equipped to service in your vehicle than GM Varno and Sons. 225-664-9992. That's 225-664-9992. Or go see them over at 2500 Florida Boulevard in Denham Springs, Louisiana. Not just vehicles, guys. RV repair, big rig overhauls, motorhome chassis. They do it all. And they're right there in the heart of Denham Springs. Again, the number is 225-664-9992. Or go see them on Florida Boulevard in Denham Springs, and our good friends over at betonline.ag. Guys, at the end of the show, you want to play some bets? You can. The way that you do that is you go to betonline.ag. Guys, sign up using your mobile device. It's quick. It's literally three buttons. Three buttons is all that you have to do to set up with BetOnline. Use the 50%, trust me here, use the 50% welcome bonus, and when you do, 
say you place a hundred dollar bet or play or use a hundred dollar deposit, they're going to give you fifty dollars right off of the top, guys. It's so easy to use, just a couple clicks of the button. I use them all the time. That's betonline.ag. Betonline.ag. All right, let's get this thing rolling. Let's get this thing rolling, y'all. Tiki Tech Taco says, I'm live from the Batcave. Let's go. Gregory says, Texas A&M got fined. Fans stormed in the po- parking lot. Guys, look, A&M sucks. I'm sorry. Jimbo's overrated in the SEC. He is. His offense is outdated, man. I've been taking bullets. Hold on. I'm taking a sip of water here. I've been taking live bullets. Um live bullets from AM fans all summer about how great they would be. And they and guys, the truth is they there's they stink. It's funny what happens when you have a team that loses a starting quarterback. Oh wait, LSU had that last year. Oh shit. Who would have thunk it? Who would have thunk it? But let's get into some LSU. Let's get in to some Auburn. Guys, I was watching a call the cats in the house, by the way. What's up, Carl? I was watching a lot of the Auburn games over the last couple of days. I really started on Sunday night sitting outside uh, because, you know, we got the hot spot, but, you know, only way that we can watch it is by getting services going outside, and thank God it wasn't too hot. But kind of watching the film of them, there's a couple of things, and I tweeted this out today, and I think that this is kind of a more centric theme of what LSU football is going to be over the next couple of weeks. Like, this isn't something that's just centric to Auburn. Now, Auburn's going to do it, but then you got Kentucky the following week, and then you got Florida the following week. Guys, these three games are going to be, yeah, you can say Alabama, eh, you know, but they kind of got pushed around, you know, against Florida a couple of weeks ago. But in my opinion, these next three games are going to be the most physical that LSU will have on their regular season schedule without a question. Without a question. If everybody says that the strength of this team, the strength of this team is the front seven, especially the defensive line. Auburn is about to bring it to you because they're going to use Tank Bigsby and they're going to use the other running backs. Hunter's another one. Uh, Jorquez Hunter is a good back. He's a change of pace back. He can catch the ball out of the backfield on a couple of things I saw on film from him. He's a guy that wants to get on the outside, and you best believe once he makes that cut and he starts going north and south, he's not easy to tackle. He is not easy to tackle. Now, the question with Auburn will be, and we'll get into these next kind of three games, but it is kind of a central theme. Like the next three weeks, if anybody with a brain or anybody that really kind of knows what they're talking about, about football, they will be saying the ne- the same thing over the next three weeks. I don't think that they'll be saying that because, you know, as much as I l- tried to listen to people and, 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 and hear what they're trying to say, it's all trash water, quite honestly, if you can't see that the next three weeks are pretty much the same for LSU's defense. Now, offensively for LSU, it's going to be a little bit different. But Auburn wants to come out, and Kentucky wants to come out, and Florida to an extent, but they do a lot of things out of shotgun, but it's still the same principles. They want to get north and south in the running game. That's just the truth. 
They want to come to 11 personnel. I'll break down what 11 personnel is. It's one tight end, one running back. They want to go out of uh, uh, tw- or, or 21 personnel. They want to go out of 12 personnel. They want to have big packages inside of their offense because, quite honestly, Auburn doesn't have the talent on the outside that can compete with guys like Eli Ricks, Dwight McLaughlin, Jay Ward, and others. I think that if Auburn does not have success running the football, LSU wins, and I could even see a scenario where LSU, if if they're able to stack the box and keep this game kind of tight, they could start to separate themselves this upcoming Saturday. Now, I've said, I said this yesterday, and I'm going to say it again. LSU fans, we have to pack the house. If you want LSU to have success over the next couple of weeks, you have to pack the house. You have to pack the house against Auburn. You have to pack the house against Florida because they're going to need you. The ultimate concern for me from, L- from an LSU standpoint over these next three, three weeks is what's going to happen offensively because – I and look to to my detriment, and people have been run, you know yelling at me to get off this narrative and to stop with it. And quite honestly, I feel like I need to. But if LSU can find a way to start running the football and implement things that supplement the running game, screens. We talked about it all last night. Screens getting backs out of the backfield. If they if if this offensive line likes running a little bit of power and LSU wants to run RPOs off of that, God bless it, run it. I will tell you something that I heard today. Now, this is you know I had a whole segment during the summer because everybody try for whatever reason, for whatever reason, and I'm not beating I'm not about to beat this horse, but I do want to to let it be known. LSU fans, we have to stop comparing every single thing to Les Miles. Ed Orgeron showed you that he last week that he is not Les Miles. He's just not. This LSU team is not like a team under Les Miles. They just aren't. Ed confirmed with everything that we heard all of last week, but that wasn't really runnable because we couldn't get it confirmed that Ed was really worried about having a defense that only had three down linemen. Durante Jones and him had multiple meetings to where they discussed about going to three-man front, and Ed confirmed today that he did not want to do it but put faith and trust in his defensive coordinator to go out there, run that defense, and have Blake Baker rotate the, uh, the, the linebackers in and out and for them to have success. Less miles would never. You keep beating the dead horse of Les Miles, you stupid, arrogant son of a bitches. Stop with it. It's getting obnoxious. And I'm not talking about the fans when I say that. It's getting unreal. You're these people's personal vendettas. You know, you see me in public, you don't say anything. You, you know, I try to say hello to you, you won't say nothing. Because you're scared about what happens when you're when you're face to face. That fans and AYS fans aren't going to understand that. So, just it wasn't geared towards you. But Ed has shown. Now, here's what I'm hearing about practice. Ed kind of said something today and, and, and tipped his hand a little bit, and I don't really mind it 
because he's sending this to Brian Harson and Ed used the media last week to get after Mike Leach and get in his head. See, Ed's not as dumb as some people try to characterize him in being. He's not. Guys, he's not. He he, he How do I want to say this? He ran a political campaign to become the LSU head coach in 2016. If you think that Ed didn't run a campaign to get that head coaching job, you're an absolute buffoon. You're an absolute buffoon. I don't know if LSU's not going to open it up a little bit this week. Offensively. I don't know if LSU isn't going to run more RPOs. I don't know if LSU's first play from scrimmage isn't going to be a gap run. What I will tell you is, is I think that Ed is starting to gain confidence in the two guys that he hired. He should have had that all the time. But, guys, head coaches and coaches in general are narcissistic. Nick Saban went on the Eli and Peyton show or, or thing last night. He's still in his office going over film. That man's a narcissist. He's a blaring narcissist. Ed's a narcissist. Dabo's a narcissist. All the great – Bill Belichick is a narcissist. All of the great ones are. All of the great ones are. And I think that Ed is starting to kind of come into his own a little bit. Now, can he back out of meddling in things that he's doing offensively? Because (laughs) that gap power run from last week, that's not Ed Orgeron. That's Jake Peets. Confirmed. Confirmed. So will Ed let Jake start running these RPOs? Something that will be interesting. And how will Auburn react to things that they haven't seen? Now, Derek Mason is a guy that has seen LSU a couple of times. He saw him in 19. Uh, when was another time? I think that I think when he got – didn't they LSU play him in uh, – no, they never came to LSU. No, wasn't it back-to-back years? Yeah, LSU, LSU went in 2020 and then played him, at, obviously, in Nashville again in 2019 so he's seen them back-to-back years and he probably knows the philosophy he knows to what LSU has become and he knows the players really well uh what I will say here is is that I think that LSU is going to have to exploit Jack uh, the mismatch that Jack Besh is so over the last two weeks with Georgia State their tight end I forget his first name and then the tight end for Penn State, uh, last name was Strange. I forgot to write them down. I have the stats right here, but I forgot to write the names down again. Um, Brenton Strange is the kid from Penn State. Over the last two weeks, uh, Auburn has given up eight catches, 141 yards, and two ta- touchdowns to tight ends because, quite honestly, I don't know if they have, outside of uh, uh, McLean, the linebacker, if they have somebody that can match up with someone like Jack Besh and, quite honestly, Cole Taylor. I don't know if they have that. So I think that that's where LSU is going to have to exploit in the offense, especially in the passing game. Now, this is going to be the last thing I say before we get to all of the comments. Put your questions in there, hashtag Ask Blake. Man, I tell you what, Ponchatoula's popping, man. Ponchatoula's popping. Every time around 7.20 on this show, we got trucks going, wee, wee, wee. Somebody, somebody, who cooking meth in Ponchy? You better hire the Drake Williams Law Firm because here comes the popo, y'all. 
Who's cooking the meth? Mm-mm-mm. But these next three weeks are going to be very critical for LSU, and it's going to be the most critical weeks for Ed Orgeron. And I think that these teams that you're going to face, it's going to be best on best. The biggest strength for LSU being the front seven as of right now versus teams that want to run the football. Guys, Chris Rodriguez from Kentucky ran the ball last week, I think, 26 times, 144 yards, and I think it was a pair of touchdowns. Will Levis, their quarterback, only threw the ball, I think it was 22 times, 100, uh, 100 uh, I think it was 140-something yards and an interception against South Carolina, who isn't that good. But they want to run the football downhill with a good offensive line. That's what you're going to see all the next couple of weeks. All right, let's get to a couple of these comments. Stephen Miller says, getting Wire and Turner back along with Deculus full go, things should get even better. Yeah, and I thought that I thought that Cam Wire had, in my opinion, and stats and the film don't lie. He was your, and he only he didn't play you know the full game, so you have to take that into account. But he was the only offensive lineman of the starting five that you know was the first starting five that ran out there against UCLA. He was the only one not to give up a pressure uh, uh, in those series that he was in. The problem with Cam, though, is, is man, he's he's been very brittle of late. Very, very brittle. So, I, I don't, you know, I – and I don't – you know, the truth, uh, the truth, Stephen, there too is, <laughs> man, Anthony Bradford was – at least in the small amount of, uh, of snaps that we've seen, even though that man has no business playing left tackle, but he's not – he's not technically a, a – uh, uh, how do you want? How do I say that? Uh, prototypical left tackle in this Max Johnson. You know, because Max is a left-handed quarterback, he's more of a right tackle. So I don't know if the weight and size really affects him as much as he would be playing a traditional left tackle. But he has been in the snaps that we've seen. He's been your best left tackle. I mean, that kid's so big. He it's like a zerk or. or uh, what is that you boy Xerxes say from 300? We're going to shoot arrows in, these, in the sky and then we're going to block out the sun? That's, that is Anthony Bradford. That dude blocks out the sun. He's so big. And I was, I was surprised by his footwork. I told some friends of mine last week, I was like, man, if they put Anthony Bradford at left tackle, we're in some serious trouble. And boy, was I wrong. Man, I was seriously wrong. So we'll see. Uh, Bundy says it's a must control both lines of scrimmage, be physical and fast. LSU's got to run some tempo, man. You know, Auburn does not want to do it. And can you tire their defense out running tempo? You know, but you got to be careful with that because, look, they're going to come. LSU's going to have to work this week. And I heard a little, some chattering um, that they're working, you know, I know Ed talked about working on the substitutions, but look, Auburn does not want to move historically fast under Brian Harson, which I think will help you in the rotation game. They're not easily, clearly as fast as what Mississippi State wants to go. That will help you, but man, I'm telling you, the last time that we saw LSU go against a power running game was UCLA. 
the last time that you had a team before this season that had power implementations, even though they were spread out, was Ole Miss, and we all know I, pre- I beat that over the head, they ran for 307 on you. So, yes, you've had success the last couple of weeks, and if we want to call a spade a spade, yes, Mississippi State had success against you. They had 26 carries, 115 yards running the football. So, you have given up yards in the running game, which has been the – and, look, last week you got to throw that out, and I, and, and I get that. You have to throw out – what happened last week. You have to. But I tell you what, Chasen Hines looks really good when he pulls and knocks that defensive end's ass out. Now, Auburn's got some two really good linebackers, man. They got two linebackers that will play downhill and they will knock you in the mouth. And I don't know if you want to run this RPO game. I don't know how, you know, you have – Look, the McLean kid from from Auburn is a dang beast, son. You hear me? That kid's a beast. So, do you want to read him? You know, I, look, I'm just telling you what I hear. But if they want to play some safeties down in the box, if they want to back them up and you can hit them on some RPOs. get. And here's another thing that I don't know that that I've personally beat over the head. Man, you got to get Kayshawn Boutte more targets. Four catches for 85 yards is un, is stupid. You know, like, here was the best thing that Joe Burrow did that nobody talked about. Yes, were there times that you had games where Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson went off? Absolutely, both of them. But I look at the Oklahoma game. I look at the Oklahoma game in 19, and I ask myself, you know, Joe kept finding – Justin Jefferson over and over and over and over and over again. Tom Brady has been historically known for finding Gronkowski over and over and over and over again. When you have that chemistry with the guy, keep feeding him. And I and I think that to to a fault at times, Max tries to read the defense and say, well, this guy, you know, in the scheme is going to be open. Man, look, if you got Kayshawn Booty one-on-one on anything – He's open. <laughs> He's open. The man's never covered. He hasn't shown that anybody can historically cover him. I mean, Florida, Ole Miss, uh, UCLA, uh, McNeese, Central Michigan, hell, Alabama. Nobody has shown that they can cover. I mean, even last week against Mississippi State, nobody has shown that they can cover Kayshawn Booty. Nobody. You got to get him more than five targets or six targets was the total I think it was or seven. No, I think it was six. Six targets for your best player on offense is absolutely asinine. James says every week Coach O continually says we got to get better. At what point are you just gonna are are you just stuck with what you have? Like our offensive line can't run block. Here here was what I, I I'm gonna say. I still believe, uh, and who asked that question? Jason. Jason, I still believe that LSU has hope in the running game. I'm taking a beating for that. I understand that. There are things to me, though, there are things to me that when I, when I sit back and I ask myself, are you are you hindering the offensive line in things that you do? 
if you're going to run an inside zone and you're going to run a zone read, but nobody respects Max Johnson pulling the football, it's hard to ask your offensive line to run a running play that everybody in the everybody in the stratosphere knows what exactly what's coming. The one time and the times that we've seen LSU have success in the running game, when were they? There were times when the defense knew or did, thought it was going to be inside zone, and it never was. 18 yards to Ty Davis Price, Corey Connor's stiff arm. Yeah, he made a guy miss, but that's what good running backs do. That's when LSU has had success in the running game. LSU cannot beat Florida. They can't be, and in my opinion, I don't think that they can beat Kentucky really uh, without establishing some kind of running game. They're not going to be Ole Miss. They're not going to be Bama. But I still am holding out hope. And, and look, I could be wrong on this. I can be 100% wrong. And I think that one thing that I try to do the, the best that I can is to come out here and tell you when I'm wrong. I still have a little bit of faith and hope that they can establish a running game because we've seen it. you got to get creative, and they're not. And I, I think that's a lot to do with Ed Meddling. Look, I'm not going to, you know, I, I'm just not going to blame Jake Peets at the current moment when I know for a fact that Ed Orr's runs meddling in the offense. Not going to do it. We're going to run. You know, during the summer, Ed's talking about, well, we're going to run inside zone. Clyde Edwards-Alaire did it. Clyde Edwards-Alaire was – hitting the B button or, 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 or spin button in the backfield against Alabama because, quite honestly, it looked like that 19 offense was playing junior varsity on junior varsity mode in NCAA or, 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 or NCAA football, whatever. You know, it's been so long since we played that video game. You got He's got to get out of his damn head about this 19. This is how we did it schematically. He, he, you ha, you. LSU had in 19 the three best interior linemen that they've had probably since 2003, in my opinion. <laughs> I'm just being honest. Anyway, let's get to some more of these. Uh, Chris, uh, Kari, or Kari, excuse me, says big game, first night, or first game in two years, or first night game in two years, and Auburn hasn't beat LSU at home since 1999. That is correct. Chili Vic. What's happening, brother? J- Golly, what is this? Uh, Jason says, we hear it every week. Yeah, we just talked about that. Brandon says, looking at the rest of the A&M schedule, they could mess around and go 6-6. Six and six. They could. They they certainly, certainly could. And, and I don't, you know, that what's funny is, is that's not really, that that's kind of, you know, we're kind of, it, it seems like a joke, but it really isn't, right? Like, it, it really isn't a joke. Which is which is crazy to me. After everybody said that it was so, you know, it was so one sided, and A and M was going to be second in the West, they're going to challenge Alabama and all this kind of stuff. No, they're not. Uh, Stefan says hashtag ads Blake. Do you see more Bug Strong in in to stuff the run? Tank meeting the thumper, quote unquote, in the hole would be something fun to see. Yeah, I, I think that you could. And, guys, this is some of the technical difficulties that we're having. Uh, your The pictures aren't showing up. Uh, we'll get that fixed. It's just a couple of, you know, stupid stuff like that that pisses me off. But I think, I think Stefan, you could, right? Like, I, I think that you could legitimately see him more. Uh, I don't know how much you'll see of Mike Jones, even though I, I think he's been one of your better tacklers in space. The way that the linebackers have played this season so far, I don't, 
And I do think that LSU will go more base personnel defensively this week. I think you'll see more of a traditional 4-3, maybe a safety walk down on the box or on the inner line of scrimmage. But if they're going to do that, those safeties have to tackle. And they've been really good at tackling over the last couple of weeks. LSU has been fantastic at tackling in space over the last couple of weeks. One thing that's going unnoticed. You know, we complained a lot about this team not being able to tackle in space um, and uh, last season, and that's something that they definitely worked on. Guys, to get better in tackling, you got to tackle. Uh, Mark says, Blake, what players are out for this game? Um, let's see. Let, I mean, Stingley, you know, uh, but let's see how the week progresses. You know, Mark, I really don't like personally – I don't like giving an injury report just because, you know, it's not something that I, I necessarily do. I, I want you know, if it's Thursday or Friday, you know, we can talk about it, you know, but, man, I really don't like doing that on a Tuesday night, man. I really don't. Uh, Jacob Cole says, who's cooking the meth? Question mark. Somebody better clip that asking for a friend. I don't know who's cooking the meth, but, man, every night at 720, the sirens go off, and they whip it out this thing, man. I mean, the police department's right here. You know, what's crazy is they got police department right here in a daiquiri shop right across, you know, like literally right here. You know, like, are they pulling people over? Like, are people, are they watching people put a straw in the daiquiri? Like, you know, I don't know. Uh, Jacob uh, Marceau says tempo is key, period. I agree with that, especially how good that you've been scoring the scoring points running tempo you know like that that to me is 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 incredulous to me is that is that a good is that a good is that a good dictionary word for that one incredulous is that even a word it's amazing to me how about that uh hunter Dagel, what's up hunter he says hashtag ask blake the lsu team seems to be selling in on defense and passing game, I think we have to be get creative in the running game, no doubt. And look, you have an advantage because Auburn, quite simply, and they fired their wide receivers coach this uh, on Sunday. They don't have the weapons on the outside for either the TJ Finley or Bo Nix. And, and uh, my question is going to be: If you're LSU, do you run man to man on the outside and and force TJ to beat you, like? I would legitimately make, and it's what Penn State did. Now, Auburn has been horrendous in the red zone. Like, guys, horrendous at scoring points in the red zone. You know, I I, I, I said this all last year. And something that I've always, and something in football that I'll always tell everybody. And something that is a principle to me that is a non-negotiable. Guys, yards on offense mean absolutely nothing when you can't score points. Let me give an example. Week one, the New Orleans Saints played the Green Bay Packers. Yards-wise, they looked like, I mean, it was shitty. But they dominated because they would have great field position. Jameis Winston threw, what, four or five touchdowns, whatever it was. Yards, it, it was a blowout because they scored touchdowns. And they scored points. Guys, yards are meaningless if you can't get seven. They're meaningless. 
And you can say, well, Blake, that's not true. That tires out the defense. But, guys, if you can't score points, it don't mean shit. Okay? It, it means nothing. If it, it, And, look, a lot of great offensive coordinators have made a crap ton of money. Guys, look at 18 when LSU had so much, so many struggles in the red zone. The one thing that Joe Brady came in and did was, guys, they did not have hardly any issues with, and I think it was an all-time stat that that team had, it's scoring touchdowns in the red zone. Yards don't mean jack diddly when you, and that's a good uh, Homer Simpson reference or the, uh, the Simpsons reference. It don't mean jack diddly if you don't score. Auburn's been horrible with that. Horrible. I think the first, the one uh, red zone touchdown they had was the one late in the game against Georgia State that TJ had a scramble for his life, and just because he has a big arm, he rifled that sucker in there to uh, I forget number eleven, I forget his name, but had to rifle it in there. All right, let's let's do this. Let's pay some bills very quickly. Let's pay some bills, and then we'll get back to it. Everybody, do me a favor by hitting the like and share, share to some Facebook groups. And all that jazz. Uh, we're gonna give a good. Want to give a shout out to my good friend John Patton over at GMFS Mortgage, buying a new home, saving money on the mortgage that you have now, even doing a cash out refi. The timing's never been better. You gotta get in touch with them today. Two two five six one four one two three four. That's two two five six one four one two three four. Tell them your good friend Blake Rafino at AYS sent you on by. And our good friends, we are here at the Drake Williams Law Firm. DrakeWilliamsLawFirm dot com. Uh, 985 386 DWIs, family court, successions, titles, they do it all. Hell, whoever the people that was cooking meth down here, they're going to need them. They're, gonna, they're going to need them. So if you're listening to AYS right now, when you're on your way home, 985-386-7600, tell them your good friend Blake Rafino at AYS sent you on by. All right. Let's see. Let's get to a couple more of these comments. Uh, Gino. What's up, Gino? He says, that's how you free the backs. Also says, these tight ends need more touches too. You know, what's crazy is, is even if, even if um, Cole Taylor was not the int- intended target for Max Johnson, which I still believe that he was, uh, even if he wasn't, Guys, did you see how athletic he looked in space when after he caught the football? Now I know two guys ran into one another, but the guy looked athletic. I, you can tell when a guy how when a guy runs how athletic he looks. You got to get him in some more of these instead of these dink and dunk little bullshit passes. You need to get him out in space and see what he can do along with Jack Besh. Guys, the simple fact Jack Besh didn't play a lot last week is unreal to me. It's unreal to me that he didn't play more last week. Like, why? What it, it would, I mean, that part I don't get. Gino also says Cordell needs to uh, be tried out on defense. We have talent. Mm. Gino, I, I, I don't know about that one, man. I mean, I, 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 mm. um, maybe. Max Julian says, I should ask Blake, Mississippi State had 115 yards against us, rush, or rushing yards against us. And mostly three-man front, no air raid against Auburn. Hopefully a four-man front contains less rushing yards this weekend. Thoughts? Yes, I think that you can. 
But I think that the physical nature of this game is what is is, – look, y'all going to call me crazy when I say this. I am legitimate – and look, I'm going to get housed with it. I get it, but I'm also also a worry bug. (laughs) I am worried about LSU's front seven. I'm worried about LSU's front seven, y'all. I I legitimately am. Because, look, you face an air raid team in Mississippi State. You face McNeese, who you got 9,200,000 billion gajillion sacks against with Cody Orgeron. You played Central Michigan, who, quite honestly, you played up to par. And I think that, you know, I think that the crowd's going to be a big factor. It's going to be a huge factor for this game. Um, but I want to see – I, I need to see LSU. For me to gain more confidence, I need to see LSU stuff a team that just quite honestly um, – that wants to run the, this power running game and have an eye backfield and use a fullback and run toss die – or not toss die, but tosses – they want to run counters and powers. They want to run zone reads. You know, they want to stretch the field side to side and let a bank make a cut up and tank Bixby for him to make a cut. I, I really, really need to see LSU be dominant. Now, now, the one good thing about what's happened with Auburn over the last couple of weeks is that Auburn has – look, Tank Bixby – in and of himself over the last couple weeks, has been contained. He hasn't been stopped, but he has been contained. Now, I got a couple of scores against Penn State. You know, a guy that's going to break tackles. If LSU does not gang tackle, Rudy Crew, I'm telling you, it's not going to get pretty. It's not going to be pretty. So, if this will be the game that you sit back and say, hey, we, we said what we said last year against uh, about Damone Clark. If this front seven can't find a way to contain Auburn's running game, we're in trouble. In my personal opinion, you got to sit back and let Bo Nix, a bitched Bo Nix at that, or, and or T.J. Finley, a guy that you, that LSU knows better than really anybody else in the SEC, You have that's not even a question. You have to let those guys beat you. If they start beating you, all right, fine, then you adjust. But until then – in my opinion, you gotta you gotta go full out in stopping the running game for Auburn. That is a big concern for me. Big concern. Stephen Miller says, uh, "I got you a great sponsor for the Rudy Crew group chat." Uh oh. <laughs> Carl the Cat Dunn says, "Meth is bad." Yeah, Carl, meth is really bad. But we got a lot of meth monkeys out here on the North Shore. A lot of toothless white men, toothless and white women. Good Lord. You know what you know what kind of grinds my gears? You know that when you go to the gas station or you go in and, and get a Gatorade or, or whatever and you go up to the counter to pay for it and it's always that white woman that ain't got no teeth and she's always like, is that going to be all for you, baby? Like, like, you ain't got no teeth. I ain't trying to be rude to you. I know you smoke the meth. Like, I ain't kissing up on you. I am a happily, happily married man. Megan Trego Rafino, I love you. 
Uh, David Watts says, I'm just hoping TJ doesn't come into Death Valley and beat us. I believe he may start. Wouldn't that be a hell of a storyline? <laughs> Wouldn't that be a hell of a storyline? I'm telling you, fans will flip on O if that happens. Will lose their shit. I already know that they will. The guy that you let leave had a better performance than the quarterback that you have playing right now, and, you know, he beat you. Guys, God forbid that happens. I don't think that it will, but we'll see. Uh, Reginald Cormier says, if TJ at quarterback, Jones better send the blitz. I love TJ, but not on, but not this Saturday. Yeah. Look, we're right here in Pontchartula. Seen the kid a thousand times. Uh, you know, David, his dad, and his mom, his little brother, Cody. Great family. But, bro, it, it look, you know, I don't know. Uh, Seth says, hashtag ask Blake, I think that embracing the tempo and airing it out will not only be great for us or be great just for us because it works, but it will open up the run game as well. They will scheme for the pass, and you can get five and six in the man in man box. Yeah, I mean, I agree with that, you know, and that's exactly what happened on that tie day. Guys, again, schematically, you know, I, I – I really just feel, and God bless it, I hope that I'm right. But because if I'm right, we win, and we start winning big, a lot bigger games than the one that we have on Saturday. I think that Jake is going to wind up finding it out and figuring it out. But you got to be creative in the running game. That is your biggest bugaboo on offense. That helps Max. You think Max Johnson is good right now. God forbid he gets unleashed in a running game. Here's the biggest, here's the biggest thing from Max, okay, that has taken away. Guys, in the Florida game, he had 18 rushes. And in the uh, Ole Miss game, I think it was somewhere around 15. Guys, in games against UCLA, McNeese, Central Michigan, Mississippi State, he has four, two, one. Some, most of those are sack yardages. Think about, think about what I'm telling you. A mobile quarterback – isn't able to run, and he's still picking teams apart throwing the football. A young quarterback going into his seventh start. Think about that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to clip this, and we're going to do this tomorrow. But think about that from Max Johnson from just for just one second. When you had the Florida game, he has 15 to 18 rushes. And he, when you go into Ole Miss, he has 15 to 18 rushes and has two touchdowns against Ole Miss. Two rushing touchdowns against Ole Miss. I am, to me personally, in my opinion, I am tired of listening to, I'm tired of hearing, well, Miles Brennan's hurt, and, God, you know, Miles is coming back before Alabama. Guys, at some point when you're struggling and you're losing and you're on the brink of losing, now that you got teams like Auburn, you got teams like Kentucky, you got teams like Florida that are very physical football teams on both lines of scrimmage. I think Auburn may be a little bit less on the physical side, but they still run the football very effectively, which if you do that, that means your offensive line is getting somewhat of a push. If you don't believe me saying that, ask LSU. You got to unle- it's have you have you guys ever seen the the movie The Other Guys with Will Ferrell and Mark Wahlberg? And Mark Wahlberg's getting upset because he wants to get the big-time cases. You know, and they're sitting in the Prius, or before they're sitting in the Prius, 
and before even the desk pop, uh, 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 Mark Wahlberg's like, I'm a peacock. You got to let me fly. I feel that way for Max Johnson. He's a peacock. You got to let him fly. You don't run the man, and you're asking questions of, well, I wonder why the backside the backside defensive end is tackling Todd Davis Price in the backfield when we're running his own read. L- let me ask you guys this question. You want, or let me, that's not even a question. It's a statement now. Why do you think the backside defensive end is tackling Ty Davis Price in the backfield? Because, again, there's no respect whatsoever for number 14 running the football. And Ed Orgeron's not going to allow it. Bro, let's roll, brother. You don't think Garrett Nussmeyer's ready? Your job's on the line? I get it. But you can't be scared of, letting, uh, of him getting hurt. That is going to bite Ed. If there's one thing for sure that's going to bite Ed in the ass and you're going to lose games this season because that right there will bite you in the ass is clearly to me that you don't let Max Johnson run the football. So in in retrospect, am I ready to see Miles Brennan return? You're damn right. You know why? Because now you unleash the the unleash the uh, the Cracklin or whatever his name is. The Kraken, excuse me. I said Cracklin like we're we're eating pig skins. That is the number one thing. The number one thing that you have to do. Anyway. Remington, what's up, brother? He says, it's so ironic. He says on Facebook Live, it's so ironic that for years we all bitched about them running, running the ball and not throwing it well. Now <laughs> we're throwing the ball well and not running a damn thing. You want to know what um, you wanna, You want to know what makes Saban so great? They can do both. Guys, I'm telling you, that's what makes him so damn good. Everybody talks about defense. They talk about the defensive scheme. They talk about the process. They talk about this and they talk about that. No, the best thing that Alabama's ever done is that they can run the football and they can throw it. And they're competent at both things in doing it. Because the truth is, is that Nick is the best at evaluating talent, getting the best talent into Alabama, and, and having success in both the running game and the passing game. Guys, there's teams that blow that blow that defense out of the water. Blow them out of the water. There's never really a time that you sit back and say, Alabama's offense is absolutely trash. What's the last time you said that Alabama's offense is broody poo? You can say that about their defense sometimes. You never can really say that about their offense. That, that right there, in my opinion – and the process, it, it, is, it is an offensive game. Nick's not an idiot. You want to talk about Blake Sims and, and who's that guy that they won a national championship with? Coker. I mean, Coker, quite honestly, played like a beast when they won the national championship that year. I mean, God, dude just gave it all. But they could score. Why is my eye twitching? Speaking of meth. Blake Doucette says, hashtag ask Blake, maybe Coach O and offense holding out on what they could do, just a thought. Say that again, maybe Coach O and offense holding out on what they can do, just a thought. Holding out on what, you know? I mean, you're getting beat You're getting beat against UCLA. That's the time to let it roll, you know? Like, I don't know, man. Charles Reeves from the Primetime Podcast, my buddy. What's happening, Charles? He says, does the environment have any potential negative effect on the sophomores and freshmen for LSU? Absolutely it does. If it's packed, there's a nervousness expected. Yeah, I think that it can. 
I, I think that it can, but I also think that it could really help your defense and help the emotions of your team. I mean, it's going to be loud as hell up in there. The biggest, you know, the biggest thing that nobody talks about is how a loud environment affects your own team. Uh, Blaine Smith says, Death Valley returns Saturday night. Hell, F and yeah. Bunny says, shame on you. Shame on me. What did I do? Guys, I forget some of the crazy shit I say in here. I legitimately forget some of the crazy shit I say in here. All right. I wanted to go around the SEC. I wanted to go around the SEC. Um, Again, the one thing I will say about, you know, I, I put it in there that Saturday will show you everything. Guys, this Saturday, my buddy Jake Crane has said, you know, it's separation Saturday. Uh, I, I don't know if I'm going to go that far yet on separation, but I think that he's on to something, you know, personally. And, look, he's <laughs> that dude's normally right about a lot of things. Um, but, guys, Georgia versus Arkansas, Kentucky versus Florida, and, look, God forbid Kentucky beats Florida and you have an undefeated team going uh, – you're playing an undefeated team going into Kroger. I don't think that they – talk about a physical game at 5 o'clock on a Saturday. That game's going to be really physical. It's it's going to get it, – pad's going to be popping. Alabama versus Ole Miss. I mean, guys, I don't remember an SEC slate that had so many barn burners in it because, guys, what happens if Florida beats – uh, Florida loses to Kentucky. What happens if Florida then beats Kentucky again and they stay on this roll? It, it, it separates a matchup up for the SEC East. That's why I don't say it's separation Saturday because, look, if Florida beats Georgia in a couple weeks, that's completely different. There's a lot of SEC ball left to be played for Alabama um, and LSU and a lot of teams in the West. You know, we're, we're, we're talking about A&M losing a game in the SEC, but what if they kind of start bouncing back? Um, I really am intrigued. I think, the to me, the biggest game outside of LSU this weekend. Now, outside of the SEC, it's clearly Notre Dame and Cincinnati. You know, like, if there was the one time that uh, a group of five team, but they're not even – I'm not even labeling them a group of five team anymore because they're going to the Big 12 – but if there was a time that the big, that a group of five team could get into the playoff, it would be now. But I think Notre Dame rolls them, bro. Like, I, I think Notre Dame beats them down. Uh, physically, I mean, not maybe on the scoreboard. So, you have a lot of good games in the SEC, a good game with Cincinnati and Notre Dame, and this is why we love college football. This is why we love college football. I just, I, I you know – I just don't. I just can't see Arkansas beating Georgia. I, I guys, I don't see any team in the country beating Georgia. I I was wrong on that. I was so wrong. I mean, the man, they're just so damn good. All right, let's get a couple more, and then we're gonna get out of here. Uh, Daniel Glenn, what's up, Daniel? He says, really think losing four messed up Pete's preseason plans. He knew O line was bad, and he was gonna use four to outside and avoid the crush up front. Three isn't that really that uh, really that guy. Twenty one is, uh, is, but he's hurt. Look, Amari Goodwin. It, you know, you know, you got to use that kid's speed. Uh, Stephen says hashtag release the Billy's Boudin Cracklins. Release the Kraken. Jacob Cole says release the Cracklin. <laughs> put that. Put it on a t shirt. Uh, St- uh, Stephen, we gonna put that on a shirt. Uh, Wade says, Gator, don't take no shit. 
Change that to Tiger. Don't take no shit. Tiger don't take no shit. Tiger don't play that. Tiger ain't never been about that. What a hell of a movie. I'm watching that movie tonight. Screw it. I'm watching that movie tonight. Gator don't play no shit. Girls started calling me Gator. Yeah, you had a stable of whores. <laughs> Gator don't play no shit. Call the Cat says, as much as I love 2019 season, let's move on. It's 2021. I agree. And, and Carl, here's the thing about the 20, 2019 season. We're using it as a reference. You know, it's easy to use references. People like references. And I think, you know, like I, I could be better at using like a Tom Brady analogy like I did or, or whatever. Um, but we you're right, we do. All right, let's do this. Let's get out of here. We will see you tomorrow. I know I said we were going to guess it up, guys. It's really difficult for us when we're not on, you know, when we're at a location from recording purposes and, you know, I got to splice everything. You know, like the days that we have guests in here, uh, it's taken me like an hour after the shows just to get that stuff uploaded. But we'll see. We'll see. But we will see you guys tomorrow, I hope. God bless it. Release the crackling. Rudy Crew be Rudy Crew be looking out. Be looking out. We're about to do something. Y'all have a good night. Peace out, Girl Scouts. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.